0: Hey, everybody. This is John with a special edition of the HR Social Hour podcast. My friends with Richmond Sherm are going to be holding their 2018 Strategic Leadership Conference on October 11th. The event draws over 300 HR and business professionals from across the region with a variety of speakers and thought leaders. I was able to catch up with the opening keynote, John Martin, for a few minutes and wanted to share that conversation. John's the CEO and managing partner of SIR's Institute for Tomorrow, and he'll be speaking on winning the war for talent. So here's my conversation with John.
1: Hello, everyone, and I want to welcome John Martin to the conversation. John, I appreciate the time this afternoon. How are you today? Oh,
2: I'm doing great. It's good, good. It's good to talk to you. I've uh, been looking forward
1: to meeting you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, John, I know we've not had a chance to meet or really speak much uh, previously. Can you t- tell me and the listeners a little bit about your professional background and what led to the creation of the Institute for Tomorrow?
2: Well, thank you. I um a background that I don't talk very much about, certainly uh, have benefited from every step of the way. I grew up in Richmond. I went to a, a high school here called Collegiate. From there, I went to Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia. And uh, from there on to VCU and got an MBA uh, at, at Virginia Commonwealth University. I've had a marketing career, my professional time helping large companies and uh, organizations and, and governments figure out what's next, what, how to plan for tomorrow. And over the years, I have been very enamored with strategic research and have now found myself the owner of a 54-year-old marketing research company called SIR. And uh, as I've helped organizations try to figure out what to do next and how to sort of braille the landscape using research, I've always been hyper-curious on, What's the long-term prospect look like? What does it look like going out five, ten years? What's going to be the environment that we have to operate in? And so this curiosity led me to form the Institute for Tomorrow, a strategic think tank that studies how people think and feel about the future and what their concerns are and motivations, and try to tap into that to understand what's going to happen with their attitudes and and buying behaviors of the future and then use that to help companies plan for not only tomorrow, but for the
1: distant future. Based on that research and the experience that you have there, where are you seeing as the greatest challenge that HR and business leaders are currently facing?
2: Three words sum up what the situation's like today. Finding qualified talent. I, I don't think I go to a meeting now where a senior level officer in a company isn't bemoaning the fact that they just can't get enough qualified workers, that the pool is just not sufficient to support their growth. You know, you don't have to look very far to find numbers that support this. We're at a almost historic low in terms of unemployment at 3.9%. It's uh, at an 18 year low. And it's it's just finding that qualified talent is, is the big challenge
1: today. As a practitioner, I can attest to that fact because <laughs> I'm living it every day too. But I guess to that end, again, based on what you see, do you see this challenge continuing or is there an end in sight?
2: You know, I wish I had some good news here. Unfortunately, no, that we are um, – projecting to have a 8 million person shortage of of workers over the next 10 years, that we're going to find ourselves in this tight talent market for the next decade.
1: Having said that, so if we look at, again, I know you're looking at trends in the research. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, demographic and cultural trends? How are they shaping the workforce? And then knowing that you're working with people all across the country, but what particular challenges are we seeing in the greater Richmond market that may be unique to us?
2: Yeah, great questions. This really is a demographic phenomenon, what's happening uh, with a little bit of a of a of a cultural aspect to it. You know, demography is destiny, and if you If you sort of look under the covers of of demography, there are two fundamental shifts that have taken place that is causing this workforce shortage and those two shifts are the are the changing birth rate and the longevity revolution. And what i mean by the changing birth rate is that, you know, us baby boomers and i'm i'm one of them, when we looked around when we were young, we had three siblings. So it was four of us because the birth rate was was literally about 4.0. Now the birth rate has fallen to 2.1. So we're really at the replacement rate in terms of our population, our, our growth in America is really the story of immigration right now, how much we're going to grow with immigration, uh, but because our, our birth rate is flat. And then in the second big demographic trend is the longevity revolution. We are, thanks to modern science over the last 100 years, we're living a lot longer. About 40 years has been added to our lifespan in the last 100 years. When you add these two factors together, the shifting birth rate and the longevity revolution, they have conspired to to basically change the population triangle. You know, ever since the dawn of man, there've always been more younger people alive than older people. Well, now that's fundamentally shifting to a population rectangle where we're gonna have just as many people over the age of 65 that will have people 18 and under. And so this shift is causing a fundamental disruption in the supply of workers. So, I mean, just imagine in your head making, you know, putting your arms over your head and making the shape of a triangle and thinking about the bottom of it being the, the youngest workers, and then shift the shape to a, a rectangle and your elbows come in and you can just see you're having fewer younger people. And so, that, do that, that exercise and you quickly can kind of symbolically see we've got to make up this shortage. If you look at the numbers, uh, it's quite scary. Over the last 10 years, we have had a fall off in the age of of workers 16 to 54 has actually decreased by 2.2%. And if you look out over the next 10 years, that sweet spot is just slated to be flat. And the the youngest workers, 16 to 24, is is actually going to decline in the next 10 years. This is causing great angst among among HR leaders and and even among city planners. And you you talk about Richmond and do these statistics apply to Richmond? And and I'd say yes, they do. Richmond is a very typical market. Richmond's workforce today is very tight and it's going to continue to be tight in the future.
1: What can HR leaders do to mitigate this challenge?
2: That's the that's the real question and and what I hope to share at the conference. You you got to realize the competition for workers is going to do nothing but, but increase. You got to do two things, I think. The first is you got to make sure that you're building what we call a modern workforce culture. You've got to think about your culture as something that attracts and, uh, and motivates and retains people. And your culture is made up of a lot of different components. And and what we have seen through our studies is that a lot of employers of all different sizes and across categories have not invested in their culture; they are still running their operation with a a model that might have been relevant twenty years ago and so every day, people come and go from your organization and, and in terms of just coming to work and going home and The youngest group in particular, the millennials, have been. I think criticized uh, more than more than anything about constantly bringing up questions about the culture, and what we're finding is the the winning companies are listening to these younger folks recognizing that they don't have the biases of being in the workforce for so long that they actually are coming in and walking in every day, bringing the culture of society with them, a modern culture of what what it's just like to live and play and and be in society today. And as they walk into organizations, they're starting to, to step up and share their mind because they're saying, wait a minute, there's something out of a line here. This doesn't feel like a modern workforce culture. It's interesting because a lot of senior management folks and not really HR people, but some of the senior managers that HR people work with are they they're quick to jump on the millennials and say, you know, just just get to work. What they, what they really need to be saying is we gotta to listen to these guys, these young folks. They they're saying something that might just be the secret to our competitiveness in terms of attracting more workers. They're complaining we don't have a modern workforce culture. And so where are we falling short? And so what we've studied over the last years is really what is what is the definition of a modern workforce culture and what are the traits that define a modern workforce culture? And we've been able to narrow it down to ten core traits and to help companies rate themselves on these traits and to see how their employees rate themselves and to come up with sort of an average today and then to set a goal to see how far we can move that in the future by being more intentional about understanding and working each one of these traits, which is the pathway to having a modern culture. Once you develop this, and it's really a journey, I don't think there's ever a destination, but once you really have developed these traits of a modern workforce culture, you'll find that it improves your success in recruiting and productivity of your workforce, and then ultimately in the retention of your workforce. So that's what we feel like is, is really the biggest opportunity to really mitigate and manage this workforce shortage is to really think about how do I have a modern workforce culture? You're, it goes beyond just what you're paying people and, and some of the core benefits that people expect, like healthcare. It really gets into what it's like to to live and work in your environment. And we think that is really the the recipe for success
1: in the future. John, without giving everything away, what do you hope attendees at the Richmond Sherm Leadership Conference get from your keynote? You're going to be speaking on winning the war for workers, really appreciate that explanation of looking at this modern workplace culture and what have you, what, what do you look for those attendees to gain from the conversation?
2: Well, I'm going to I'm going to have a handout that is gonna list the winning traits and we're gonna talk about each one and I'm gonna give national examples on how some of the most admired companies are embracing these traits. And so everyone's gonna go home with the sheet and have a, a new appreciation for this this package, if you will, or this recipe. But what I really hope HR folks take away from this is that now is the time to become truly strategic. But I think by and large The HR responsibility and uh, contribution has not been fully appreciated by the C suite, and that the most senior HR people have not been in all the strategic meetings about where their organization's headed. I think this workforce crisis that has been developing over the last 10 years and will be with us for another decade is the pathway in to being fully appreciated as a strategic voice within a company. Knowing how often the senior team is bemoaning the fact they don't have the workers they need is the perfect opportunity for HR to become strategic. So that's the, the very first takeaway. And, and then the second takeaway is to really hope everyone goes through a mind shift in terms of how they view millennials, that we shouldn't be looking at millennials as, as some challenge that we have to manage and work around. We should be looking at them as the opportunity to help us a craft a new more modern way of understanding the way work is going to be in the future.
1: Many of our listeners for the podcast, John, probably will not be able to attend. We have listeners around the country and even around the world. But for those that aren't able to attend, that want to learn more about you, the Institute for Tomorrow, and the research you're doing, what's the best way for them to, to find out about it and to reach you?
2: Well, uh, it, I'm just a click away. I would suggest anybody, though, if they want to learn more, to go to our one, one of our websites, institutefortomorrow.com or SIRHQ.com. And if you have this, this burning desire to talk to me in person, just give me a call, 804-837-2481. But I'd really encourage everyone to go to this event. Um, you're going to come away. I know, entertained, but also you're going to come away with a new perspective on how to become more strategic and how to really appreciate a pathway to be having a modern workforce culture, one that will give you a winning advantage in the future.
1: John, again, appreciate your time. And yes, for those of you that have heard the interview and attend, please stop John, let them know you heard it here at the HR Social Hour, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: I'd like to thank John Martin again for the conversation, and his information is in the show notes. Thanks also to Jeannie Alcott, the Executive Director of Richmond Sherm, for setting up our interview. If you're interested in learning more or attending the Leadership Conference, there are tickets still available. They can be found through richmondsherm.org. I've attended this conference before. I can't recommend it enough. It's a tremendous opportunity to hear some great speakers to do some great networking and to learn more about what's going on in the greater Richmond area. So again, appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully we'll see you at the Richmond Sherm leadership conference on October 11th. Take care. We'll talk again soon.